the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Heard every Saturday morning at this time. We love having you on board. If you'd like to watch us on the tube, we call it the tube, the YouTube, you can go to LarryRosenthal.tv and you'll see us sitting there talking to you. We'd love to hear from you today. Again, 888-855-767-3123. That's 888-855-767. What is it, Larry? Gosh. 3123. I'm watching you, Chris. I'm lost. It's okay. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe 855-ROSE-123. That's it. That's it. 855-767-3123. There you go. Those are the deals. Yeah, That's the, old, the deal. old hands on the head on that one. It's okay. It's okay. I got a question for you, though. Oh, Christmas dear. light's still up. No, no. The, the, neighbor, the neighbor decided that at this time he was going to, you know, I, I, I just out, outweighed him and I... Got him down lately. So. All right. All right. As long as you won. Winning. I like to win. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Good, good deal. Good deal. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal here. Uh, Larry Rosenthal Show. Um, you know, again, Saturday morning. Love it. Live. Open mic Saturday. Any questions at all on financial planning, the economy, the pending um, uh, new administration with taxes, with um, – uh, stimulus, whatever it may be, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I always start to show off, Chris, with a little bit of look at uh, what's just happened last week in the markets, get some economic reports out there, see if we can see down the road and around the corner a little bit as to what may be coming uh, our way from a financial planning investment strategy standpoint. And this past week, the markets were just exhausted. Didn't really go anywhere, up and down, all around, just exhausted, just, you know, just trading on headline news. You know, are we getting stimulus? What type of stimulus? How much stimulus? What's going to happen right there? What's going on with interest rates? Are we really going to get this inflation wave that's going to hit us right now? What's going to happen with all these different things, you know? And then you've got the capital stuff, just horrible stuff, you know, all uh, just, oh, yes. just, just bad stuff all the way around with everything, you know? So, so when you take a look at, at, uh, uh, where we are, you know, where we're going, and 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 uh, in in the stock market, in the in your personal financial plan, we got a lot of stuff to unpack and digest down. You know, you take a look here at at spending. Spending drives the economy. De- December retail sales were down for the third straight mo- straight month in a row. They were down 0.7, which you know isn't a huge amount, but it's still down. It's trending downward. You know, and when you take a look back at 
you take a look at where we are right now with business, you've got big business and small business, right? And small business is definitely hurting across the land. There's no doubt about it. And we've been trying to get together a package of stimulus for small businesses for, what, a few months now. And it's starting to show up in the economy, you know. And, and one of the concerns that we've seen here from President-elect Biden's stimulus plan is there's not so much support for small business in the announcements that have come out thus far. You know, we've got people reading through it all the time, talking about it. We've been watching and listening and learning. And we're, we're, there's some concerns about the support for small businesses or lack thereof. They had that Paycheck Protection Program going mm-hmm. for a long time. I heard that was coming back. We've heard, you know, know. we've got to wait and see how all this stuff plays out. It still needs to be voted on. You know, there's not major majorities, super majorities in either chamber of the Congress, the Senate or the House. I mean, mean, yeah, the Senate or the House. And so we've got to wait and see how this stuff really plays out, you know, in in the first hundred days with everything. And and we are starting to see some, uh, I hate to use the word cracks, I hate to use the word weakness, but we are starting to get some concerns a little bit about when you when you read the tea leaves here and and you know I'm going to talk about you know I always I don't pull any punches you know so so it is what it is and and we're starting to see unemployment continue to track up a little bit which is not good we're also starting to hear about rising uh inflation yeah I heard which about is that not pop good. a little bit yep yep that that could very well be coming we're we're seeing signs of that in the bond market already we're also hearing, you know, talk about raising taxes, raising minimum wages, you know, and lots of different things about that. And, and some of those things coupled with a rising unemployment um, right now, which hopefully that trend reverses itself, that could be a little stressful. So, so it's going to be interesting to see the, the debates here in Congress on, on how this stuff really plays out as far as stimulus packages go taxes, things like that. Still, a lot of people are talking about infrastructure, health care, um, uh, and, and, and stimulus packages before any tax conversations really start. So it seems that, that uh, you know, they've got an agenda laid out, or the new, the new administration has an agenda laid out, and, and uh, as far as taxes goes, it, it may not be, um, you know, down, uh, too soon, you know, in, in, in the windshield as far as all that goes. But you know, we're, we're taking a look here at economic activity. We want to make sure that things are, are, are that we're relating to you where we see uh, investment opportunities for your personal financial plans so you can accomplish your goals and things like that. Hey, let's go ahead and welcome Paul on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? Good morning. How can I I've help you, sir? Question. I've got a question because um, a lot of financial planners are pushing annuities. And uh, my wife and I have been helping uh, home buyers by lending them money for down payment or a second loan so that they can um, make a home purchase for people who normally wouldn't be able to purchase. A lot of people, especially uh, immigrant families who don't have credit or who don't have a social security number. Um, and uh, someone at my church said it's usury and what I'm doing is wrong. and. I'm charging between six and six and a half percent, which is way lower than the market hard money loans, but it's still higher than what the regular mortgage person can get. And I was just calling to get your input on that on a Christian view and as an investment view. And we do it all legally. It's all um, 
recorded and securitized, and we give out 1098s for the interest. So I uh, just wanted a, a financial Christian person's perspective on that. It's a great question, Paul, and there is a fine line there. And while we want to be able to, you know, share and give freely, it sounds like to me this is your business that you're running a business. And I think a, uh, a big, I think a bigger question may be uh, from the standpoint of, you know, what are you doing with your profits and your and your productivity? You know, are you, uh, you know, making sure you're tithing and giving back and supporting missions and things of that nature? You know, and as far as as uh, the usury goes. You know, I really would would suggest that that's prayer time, and I'd I'd meet with your pastor and I'd talk to him him about that. Uh, you know, as as far as all that goes, I I would really have to uh, uh, spend some time researching on all of that. But you know, it, it 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 you know, if if you feel that you're giving, if you're doing this as a business opportunity, you know, or if you're just trying to help, those are two different scenarios. If you're just trying to help, that's one scenario. If you're doing it as a business opportunity. That's a different type of scenario, and that's how I would approach the conversation with your pastor. Okay. Okay. And then, okay. as far as and then, you. as far as annuities go, is it, you know, with you with you talking about you know a lot of financial advisors are trying to push annuities and things like that out there. Yeah, they're, they're, annuities are, are investment products. There's different types of annuities, fixed, equity indexed, and variable annuities, and they all serve different purposes for different people. They all, you know, the main primary investment objective of an annuity is, <coughs> is uh, guaranteed income. Now, I know advisors uh, in the industry that will only put their clients in annuities, and I know advisors in the industry that will never put a client into an annuity. All right. And then there's a lot of advisors out there who say, well, wait a second here. Maybe you should have an annuity as part of your overall investment strategy if you don't have a pension or things like that down the road uh, in retirement planning. So it really goes to, you know, if, if somebody's pushing annuities to you constantly or, or a lot, I would ask them, say, you know, what's your makeup of your of your business? What does your book of business look like? Do most of your clients have annuities? And if they answer back, they say, no, some do and some don't, and some have a combination. And then ask him or her, you know, well, how do you arrive at the fact that somebody needs an annuity or not? And then just sort of cruise through the conversation. In my opinion, somebody who, who does not have a lot of pensionable guaranteed income may want to have that conversation of an annuity. Think about this. If you need $7,000 a month in income to live, okay, and you've got 2000 a month coming in from Social Security. Let's just make up an example here, right? And then you've got some money that's investing on the, on the sideline, and then all of a sudden you're going, okay, now I need five grand a month, and that five grand a month is going to be dependent on the stock market for 30 years in retirement. If you dropped maybe a little bit of money into an annuity, then maybe you're going to get another two grand a month. So now all of a sudden, only three grand a month is dependent on the stock market, the economy, and stuff like that. Because when you put money into an annuity with a guaranteed minimum income benefit rider there, it takes away the economic risk, the stock market risk, inflation risk, all that type of stuff. So that's how you sort of back into that conversation right there. And if you want, I've got a packet on different annuities on how they all work and things like that. And, Paul, I'd be more than happy to go ahead and put you on hold and, and send them out to you. Would that be okay? Sure. Are, are, are annuities considered, considered conservative, and are they really safe? Is that guaranteed minimum income really guaranteed? 
Yeah, there's guaranteed minimum income benefits that are uh, attached to a lot of annuities these days, and they are guaranteed. They're backed by the insur- by the uh, insurance company. Okay, and for every you know they've got to have lots of reserves once they when when they guarantee a, a a product such as that. And are they conservative in nature as far as in, investing goes? It's across the spectrum. You can have money that's extremely conservative guaranteed not to lose any money and then you can have money inside of an annuity that can go up and down in the stock market you know in sub accounts that act like mutual funds so there's a lot involved in that annuity conversation there's three types there's multiple different types of of ways that different annuity companies go about obtaining a guaranteed income stream for you and your spouse through life and things like that so, so there's a lot involved with it versus just running around talking about it. You know, if, if I was sitting down with an advisor who was talking to me about an annuity, I would ask several different questions on it. You know, what do I have to do to get the money out? What's the triggering mechanism for interest to be credited into the account? You know, all different ways. And when you take a look at it, there's fixed annuities, there's equity indexed annuities, and variable annuities. And, and some of them are designed to get you uh, opportunities for, for better returns than others. So, so that's why it's important to get some education on annuities. And, you know, I really should do a webinar on the differences in the types of annuities. Maybe I'll do that because we get these questions a lot from people, you know, and, I, and I've seen, seen lots of people, you know, have success and, and unfortunately not. They, they get a lot of things sometimes that they might not, not understand. So it's important to do that. Paul, listen, I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold. Bob will get your contact information. And then we'll send you out our information on the different types of annuities. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. It's open mic Saturday. Any financial planning or investment questions you'd like to call, feel free to give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break here. But before we do that, though, I want to just make another announcement about our webinar coming up in a couple of weeks. On Thursday, January 28th, we're going to be doing a live webinar. There's two sessions that day. There's no cost for it. And the first session goes from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern and then 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern as well. It's going to be the same material. And the class is entitled Where We Were, Where We Are, and Where We're Going. I'm going to take a look at the economy, how we came out of this uh, uh, um, recession that we had last year where we are economically right now and try and talk a little bit about what to be doing looking down the corner you know down the street and around the corner from the economy and your financial planning investments so go visit my website LarryRosenthal.com. click on the little seminar icon there in the top right hand corner and sign up for the webinar it's free there's going to be people from all over the country there again LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up on the webinar button right there. It's going to be January 28th, two sessions. You can attend both if you want. It's going to be the same material. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. Give us a ring. Let's keep those phone lines open. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. 
In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's the cdfi.org your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community go to the cdfi.org make a difference go to the cdfi.org Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. So, Larry, I wrote it down this time, so I'll get it right. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. To call uh, Larry Rosenthal right now with any of your questions. Or you can watch us at LarryRosenthal.tv. Larry. Yeah, I really like this YouTube thing, LarryRosenthal.tv. Lots of people, uh, you know, are watching this. Uh, it's kind of fun to see how the radio show's done, I think, anyway, behind the scenes in this environment with everybody in different places and stuff like that. So a uh, lot, lots of fun trying, trying to bring it all to you as far as that goes. And when you, if you go out to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, sign up uh, on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, like us on Facebook. We send out a, 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 an article once a month. You can also sign up for a monthly free newsletter. It's packed filled with financial tits, uh, t- you know, tidbits and and uh, tips, and uh, you know different things like that. Uh, you know, to I give got you it this last week. I was I enjoyed uh, reading through that. I, it's a great newsletter, a lot of fun. You're on the list. I am. You're ticking me off now. What? All right, all right. That's one, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, it. it is. It's it's filled with a lot of financial uh, education. That's what we want to do. You know, I, big believer in in education. Uh, speaking of that, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is the basics in estate planning, you know, <clears throat> wills, trust, things of that nature. Estate planning is such a wide, wide um, arena of conversation, I should say. <clears throat> you know, do you need a will? Do you need a trust? What type of a will? What type of a trust do you need? Do you need a revocable trust, an irrevocable trust? Do you need a special needs trust? Do you want to have incentive um, uh, language inside of a trust? You know, do you want to restrict heirs to get assets at certain times? How do you want to go about saving uh, uh, taxes for your heirs? Lots of different ways that can be done here with beneficiary forms, with account titling, and with the use of trusts. So those are one of the things that we want to talk about here today. Uh, but before we do that, though, let's go ahead and welcome Donna on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Donna. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Yeah, so um, I, my husband and I uh, have been living in a very small home. Um, we had a home that we sold, hoping to make a profit to build um, our main house, and unfortunately it sold 
during the uh, financial crisis in 2008. So we just barely broke even. So we have about a $200,000 mortgage on the home we're currently living in, but we have about three quarters of a million dollars in my account, which was a pension, a lump sum rollover that is just sitting there um, that's being invested. And we were wondering what the best way to go about building the main home. Would it be to take a home equity line of credit out on the home we currently live in or to pull money intermittently from my uh, pension to just build the house and, and pay basically cash for it so we don't have a mortgage? Well, you should get a construction loan first of all, okay? So that while you're building, there's a loan there and then you can flip that over to a mortgage loan. How, how are you over 59 and a half, Donna? Okay, so there would be no 10% penalty there. The, the, right. um, so, so if we take a look at, at a sort of normal protocol here, I, I always like the old house to pay as much towards the new house as possible. So the equity that's okay. in, the, in the old house at, you know, in a perfect day, you know, on Friday, you would sell your old house and on Saturday, you'd move into the new house, right? Okay, and right. you would move the cash from the old house right into the new house and then make up any differences from other sources. That's a perfect okay. scenario. Unfortunately, that, does, that, that timeline is not going to happen in this case because you're living in the old house and you're wanting to build the new house. So I'd look at getting a construction loan, okay, and if you need, I can have a mortgage person reach out to you and step you through the process, pros and cons, and how to go about doing that. And then once you – build that house, you can flip that over to a loan, to a mortgage loan, and then at that point, then we would attack the question of, okay, how do we pay this mortgage? Do we want to make monthly payments on this mortgage from the interest earnings of your IRA, or do we want to simply pull money out and pay this house down, okay? Because if the money's sitting inside your IRA, for every dollar you pull out, you're going to probably need to pull out a dollar thirty-one or a dollar thirty-five because you're going to have to pay taxes uh, in order to put that money down. So in some case, in some scenarios here, if you take a look at having mortgage interest and then you pull money out of your IRA, a lot of that mortgage interest can offset some of the taxes that are due on that IRA, and then your IRA can continue to grow compound tax deferred, just pulling a little bit of interest earnings out each month to make that mortgage payment. Does that make sense? Yes, um, the the my pension, my lump sum pension was rolled over into a um, an ICMA retirement account, so it's not actually an IRA. It's just um, I have a specific plan where I'm about thirty five percent moderate risk and sixty five percent very low risk. So well, as far as the yeah, as far as the risk goes, that that's fine. But the money's treated according to the tax rules of IRA. That's all I'm trying to talk about. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So wherever that money landed, I know that that money was pre-taxed before it came out to you, right? And it rolled over tax-free. So any dime you pull out of that money, you're gonna have to pay taxes on, right? Right. I have federal yeah. income tax, and then also the Virginia state tax, which I think is a tier. Correct. You, you'll, you'll have both taxes because that pile of money, Donna, has never been taxed to you before. So that's really the, the, the math on what we have to take a look at doing, okay? Um, so so what, what you need to look at doing is building a financial plan on this big subject right here because 
at the end of the day, you don't want to end up being house rich and cash poor. You know, let's suppose Correct. that you get into this new house and let's suppose you owe 500000 on it. You pull 700 out of your IRA or out of your ICMA, whatever account you want to call it, out of that account, right. okay? And now you end up with no money or very little money to live for another 20 or 30 years in retirement. So, so we right. have to manage that cash flow. So that's the process that I would look at doing is, okay. is getting with a mortgage broker, taking a look at, at, at having a, a uh, what do you call it, a construction loan, and then how to flip that over, then sell your current home, take those proceeds, drop them down onto that new loan once the, the new house is ready for occupancy, and then we would sit down and take a look at how we're going to utilize the lump sum pension money best for you to, for you and your family, you know, to make sure your cash flow is adequate in retirement, the housing is affordable in retirement, and maybe you end up pulling out a, part, a, a piece of it and putting down, you know, m maybe another 30% to the house. I don't know. We've got to take a look at what right. your cash flow needs are, you know, because if you okay. get into the new house and you say, well, Larry, my cash flow needs are, are way jacked up because of our lifestyle and all this stuff, you know, that that's going to lean the conversation more towards putting less down on the house because you need more cash, right? And then it, then then we also yeah, then we also have to take a look at how to build the investment income, okay? Because when when you talk about some of your money in that account now is conservative, some of it's moderate, you know, in order for you then to start pulling money out each month to live off of Donna, whether it's going to food and entertainment and groceries and, and things like that, or mortgage payments or a combination of both, you have to address the question of, am I selling off shares of principal in order to sustain my standard of living, or am I simply pulling interest earnings out and keeping my principal so it can continue right. to grow? Because then we have right. to take a look at how to design a income distribution investment strategy. Okay, and this is where a lot of people get hurt in retirement years, Donna, is when they, they have their investment accounts there and they're so used to grow, grow, grow for all these years and now that money has to flip over and produce income. And there's eight different ways that you can garner income out of investment strategies, okay, without touching the principal and start living off of interest. And you can get dividend rates all over the spectrum on this. So so, okay. so there's a lot involved with this question. Sorry to keep going on and on about this, but, but this is oh, a... Oh, no, that's a, fine. I'm taking notes as you're talking. <laughs> good. Yeah, this is a much deeper conversation than just something on the surface here. So so if you okay. want, I'll be happy to, to put you on hold, and we'll have an, one of our advisors reach out to you next week and set up a phone call with you and your husband where we can get bit more detail, give you some examples of some things on all of this. How does that sound? That sounds great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold, and also uh, we'll, we'll get you uh, uh, some information to our, our mortgage broker as well so he can talk to you about, uh, give you some education on, on, the, on the construction loans and things, okay? Sounds good. I very much enjoy listening to your program. Thank you for all the information. Absolutely, Don. I appreciate the phone call. You have a great day. Let me put you on hold here. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Bill on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Bill. How are you today? Yes, good morning, Larry. Uh, Larry, I'm 65 years young, and I'm on disability from my employer. 
and I'm about it's about to end, and I'm going to need some income. So I'm looking at uh, withdrawing money from my 401k because that's my only resource right now. And I'm trying to figure out if it's best to get it out in small amounts or large amounts. It's not really doing anything right now. It's just sitting there with like a, a savings. Bill, are you also eligible for Social Security too? I am, and my goal was to retire at, at 66. Um, I uh, I applied for disability for my Social Security, waiting on that right now as well, but it's still undetermined. Okay, well, I'm sorry to hear about your disability, um, but to Thank answer you. your direct to answer your direct question here, is it better to take the money out in a lump sum, stick it in your checking account, live off it all year long, and do it once or twice a year like that? No, the best the best thing is to get it invested appropriately for your needs, and then pull the money out a little bit each month, uh, once a month, to cover your cash flow needs. That's the best way to look at doing it. And and um, when you're telling me that the account's not doing much, uh, that goes right to my my next question, which is, well, what's it invested in? What's the you know who's watching this thing? Maybe we should take a look at how it's invested, and maybe give you some some educational uh, points on on you know where maybe you could rebalance it to so that you can get some better income opportunities for your for your needs down the road. But I would rather you take the money out monthly rather than a big chunk for the whole year because when you take it out monthly you're still enabling 11 more months to kill, still grow versus taking all 12 months out right now you're knocking out 11 months of growth on the next tranche do you see what i mean so so that's the way that i would go about about looking at it bill if you like i'll, I'll be happy to uh, have someone give you a ring and, and sort of show you that and then we can take a look at your investment strategies inside of it and then maybe uh, give you some alternative thought as far as that goes. How's that sound? Yeah, I would really like to do that because uh, it's there, and it's, if I could get this invested a little bit properly, I could probably come out better than what I'm doing right now. So tax-wise, is there any difference in taking out in a small amount toward a large amount? No, not at all, because it's all going to drop into your um, tax return on this calendar year. Okay. Yep. My best thing sounds like, like you said, look into what I have and see if I can get some kind of investments out of it appropriately. Yep. And is there someone that can help me with that to look into that for me? Sure. Let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some basic contact information. We'll have somebody reach out to you next week and go further with the conversation for you, okay? All right. Thank you, Larry. Have a good day. Absolutely. You too. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Speaking of financial education, coming down to the wire here, Chris, we've got a couple of more weeks uh, before our, our next webinar, which is going to be on Thursday, January 28th. I'm very excited about this one because it's entitled Where We Were, Where We Are, and Where We're Going. Taking a look at all kinds of new things, in the, or not new things, but taking a look at how to read the tea leaves in the economy, how to build a financial plan. We're also going to be talking about product diversification, the difference between mutual funds, ETFs, UITs, options, stocks, bonds, the whole nine yards. We're going to break some of that stuff down for you. So go check it out at my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar little button right there and sign up for our webinar. We're having two sessions on January 28th, 2 to 3 in the afternoon, and then 7 to 8 in the evening. 
Well, both times are Eastern. It's the same material in both sessions. You can sign up for both if you want, or you can just simply sign up for one. Tell some friends and family members about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to last about probably right at an hour. We usually keep these things right at an hour. There's open mic Q&A questions, or you can type questions in there. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. You know, we're, it's, it's just it's more education, more financial planning education. We want to make sure that people understand how they can, you know, retire with with the best opportunities how to put kids through college how to save taxes what investment vehicles are correct for you all this pointing towards your own personal financial plan you know what larry i think it's kind of interesting because of what you're talking about here in regards to financial planning a lot of people think well it really doesn't necessarily matter what's happening with the politics it doesn't matter which administration is in power it doesn't matter you know what's going on with all we should just save in an annuity and we're done there's a lot of things to it that to help you to know what to do. Incorrectly. You know, you yeah. There there is a lot, Chris. There's a there's a reason why there's different products out there. There's a reason why there's open end and closed end mutual funds. There's a reason why there's indexed uh, investments and not and actively managed investments. There's the difference between different types of annuities. There's a difference between a a stock that pays you. 2.1% dividend and a stock that pays you 9.3% dividend, mm-hmm. right? And they're out there, okay? And and what are the purposes of all of these things? There's different sectors in the economy that you should look to invest in sometimes and sometimes not, you know? Uh, you know, and, 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 and a lot of this stuff, too, is it's, it's all it's, – it's, we have to understand what, what we're trying to accomplish. You know, be, there, there's, there, you know, there, you've got God's economy and man's economy. You know, and and God blesses us with with resources, with the ability to to create, you know, not create, but the ability to go out and, and earn a living and save and and things like that. And and you know, just just simply look at in the Ten Commandments. You know, uh, you shall have no other gods before me is is number one, right? Mm-hmm. We can't put the almighty buck ahead of God. We can't do that, or anything for that matter, right? God God says he's a jealous God. He doesn't want anything in front of us, right? Do not covet, you know, just kind of going through the list of, of some of the Ten Commandments here, you know, and, and, and just, you know, spread throughout them. You know, God is a jealous God. He wants to be first in our life. You know, Larry, that, I was about coveting. That, just, just I'll get you back into that in just a second about coveting. I'd like to just say one thing on that in regards to coveting. If you've got a nice car, and I love your car, which I do, by the way, I love your car. What I would say is, I want your car, and I wish you had a better one. So that's not coveting, right? I I, I don't know. You're you're. you're <laughs> <laughs> I lost I you on know. that one, right? <laughs> you know. I I think it could be. Could it? Even though I'm saying that because you're really saying I wish one. I had that, right? But you I know, want you to I mean, have a Paul one. was pretty clear in 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 uh, in the Bible when he said, "Hey, I know what it means to be uh, without and with, right?" That's true. But the most important thing is to be in within Christ, right? That's the most important thing. Amen. And so when you're saying, "Hey, I wish I wish I could have your shiny object over there, and you get a better one." <laughs> Maybe that is a little bit of coveting, Chris. So, so okay. I'm going to call. I'm going to call you right. on that one there, yeah, right? Okay, I'll call. But, <laughs> but you know, getting getting back to uh, uh, you know the difference between man's economy and God's economy, we've got you know God being you know desiring to be first, and that is those shiny objects and the cars and money and wealth and all that stuff. Amen. And then the challenge that we have with all of this, Chris, is to take these resources and these assets the Lord has blessed us with and put them into man's tools. The difference between 
tax-free bonds and taxable bonds, the difference between annuities and non-annuities, the Roth IRA, the non-Roth IRA, the non-deductible IRA, you know, the lump sum pension plans, all these things. And so we have to get education on all of that, right? And, and, and you know, and, and Proverbs talks about, you know, hey, seek wise counsel. Get some thought in, involved with all of this stuff. So, you know, so we're going to be delivering these, these webinars and uh, throughout this year, so it'll be lots of fun there. But anyway, how do I, I don't know how we got on all that, and, 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 uh, but it's good. It's <laughs> definitely good. So, hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions at all. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Glad you could join us today at 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, to talk to Larry Rosenthal right here in studio. And you can also, if you'd like to go to LarryRosenthal.tv, there's a chat option there. You can ask some questions if you don't want to call. Again, LarryRosenthal.tv or 855-767-3123. Larry. Sure, Chris. You know, we were talking a little bit at the top of the show about estate planning. You know, what's the purpose? What are the types of trust and things like that? Think about this from, from the standpoint, and we'll be doing a webinar in the coming months on this subject as well. So think about this, you know, when, when somebody passes, how does that, how do assets move from one person to another, to a spouse, to a non-spousal beneficiary, or to a charity, right? How, does, how do assets move? And they have to move according to the rule of law or by contract. And if you have a joint account, well, then the joint owner will receive that asset if somebody predeceases. If, if it's named as a beneficiary, somebody's named as a beneficiary, it'll move by rule of law, by, by contract that way. Um, if there's no means written down for an asset to move from one place to another, right, 
then what has to happen is the court has to decide how that works, and that's called the probate process, which is simply the court's distribution process to move assets according to how they view things. So it all starts with your beneficiary forms, it is, and well, it starts with account titling. How am I going to title this account? How do I title my home? Do I make it joint and survivor with me and my spouse? Is it, is it, uh, uh, do I title it tenants in common, tenants in entirety? There's 11 different ways to title accounts, believe it or not, okay? And then what about the beneficiary forms? Are they going to be per capita or per stirpes? Very important to understand that. And then we take a look at the purpose of a trust. A revocable living trust is completely different from an irrevocable living trust. I want to go over the basics here today of a revocable living trust. The primary objective of a revocable living trust is to avoid probate. Let's suppose that you have an asset, okay? It's an investment account, and you decide that you want this asset. You have three children, right? And you pass. Money goes to your spouse. Your, pa your spouse passes. Money's going to go to the three kids in thirds. One of the kids says, you know, you're looking at that child and, and you're going, well, you know, he or she's just kind of going to spend the money. They're going to blow it, you know. So you might want to have their portion go to a revocable living trust, which then the language in the trust will say, hey, child number one, we'll use them as an example. We'll call that person Chris, okay? okay. So Chris, right, says, hey, I'm going out. I'm getting the latest gadget, the, the, the hottest sports car and all this kind of you stuff. know me too well. And then, but the trust says, not so fast, Chris. You're going to have this money paid out to you over a period of years, okay? Um, whereas another child might have might have uh, the, the the same scenario, but uh, they might get you know a, a different type of distribution. So, so the revocable living trust enables you to one avoid probate and two distribute assets according to how you feel it's going to be in your beneficiary's best interest to receive them so does you bob can just get, give it all to him in a lump sum right away it doesn't matter okay so does bob get the whole amount and he doesn't get rationed like you're doing for me what, what's the deal bob's going to get the whole amount yeah bob's in the back he's going to get the whole amount you know and we we decide that based off of baseball teams so <laughs> you know that's just a whole different conversation yeah, you know yeah. I, I mean we should really turn on the 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 youtube broadcast before we go on the air chris and then yeah, everybody would can hear, hear all, all our sports talk in the morning right <laughs> so Amen. but no it's important to understand this you know when you when you break down and sort of unpack the three phases of financial planning you've got um the accumulation stage where you're growing your assets you've got the income distribution stage where you're done growing your assets and you're starting to receive income back during retirement years, and then you've got the legacy stage where you're going to be passing assets on when you're done with them because you can't take them with you, right? And so so how do you go about passing these assets on? And that's where our money is going to go to our heirs, to charities, or to the IRS in a combination of all three of those. And for most people out there, they want to avoid or have minimal exposure to the IRS, and that's pretty much what we have to take a look at doing when you're talking about legacy planning, the third stage of financial planning, and how do you do about a go about doing a revocable living trust? How much of that so, are you going to cover in the webinar? The, the uh, legacy. This stage? coming webinar, we're not going to be talking about uh, uh, too much the, of that. Yeah. Too, too much of that, but we will in subsequent webinars coming up. But this coming webinar, we're going to be talking about you know sources. What sources do I do we read to understand the economy? 
I get that question a lot. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there and show everybody, hey, these are the things that we study. You know, I mean, it's not uh, dice in the back room. You just don't throw the dice. And, okay, let's do it that way. No, no, not at all. That's another show, Chris. <laughs> yep, yep, not not at all. No, you I know. know you've got a lot of things. Um, to do. You know, a lot of questions we get on the economy. You know, what sources do we look at, Larry, to to read and learn and understand? What do you listen to, Larry? What do you read to to understand the economy, the markets, the Fed? Congress, taxes, spend, how it all intertwines together. We're going to talk about that in the webinar that's coming up. We're also going to hear, you know, I hear this question a lot too, which is, uh, you know, what's the best time to sell? What's the best time to buy? Right? We hear that question often as well. So we're going to be talking about that in the upcoming webinar, Mean, also. What does it mean that all the easy money's been made? You know, I get this question here recently. You know, Larry, I hear all the easy money's been made. I'm like, well, what, did you win a lottery ticket, or what's the story here? Yeah. But, you know, coming out of a recession, especially a V-shaped recession like we just did, there's a lot of easy money that's made, okay, for those that were able to put more money in at the bottom as the markets recovered, quote unquote, that was the easy money to make as long as you were in the right sectors with it all. So, so you know, does that mean there's going to be easy money in the future or are we getting more into a, a very highly sophisticated educational uh, stock picking asset, asset allocating scenario going forward? You know, I mean, when you take a look at the backdrop, we've got a very accommodative Federal Reserve these days. Interest rates are very low, right? We've got the vaccine on the horizon. We've got more stimulus coming out. We've got corporate earnings that are starting to rise, although the last week we had a couple of earnings come out, and they're a little bit down. So uh, let's see how this plays out over the next few weeks because we're going to see corporate earnings coming out. And remember, that's the reason people buy stock is based off the future anticipated earnings of a corporation. So bottom line is how does all this stuff, all this Wall Street talk that we're talking about right now, how does it roll into what you're doing what you and I are doing in our own personal financial planning and investment strategies, that's where you walk in with product diversification, tax diversification, asset allocation, and then putting it all into a financial plan. You know, a, a question that we get a lot, too, is, you know, does the president really make or break the economy? And the answer is no, but the president and and their team, their economic ideology, whether it's Reagan or Bush or Clinton or Bush or Obama or Trump or Biden, right? They have their own economic ideologies on how they want money, how they want the economy to act, how they, how they want people to act, individuals versus government. And, and you know, 50 percent of the people like one way, 50 percent of the people like the other way. But when you're taking a look at, at what Congress does with tax and spend, on one hand, it's called fiscal policy. On the other hand, you've got the Federal Reserve, which is called monetary policy. You have to understand what's going on in both sides of this conversation, both sides of the street, to understand where to invest your money and where to move your money away from. You know, when, when you go back and you take a look at, at – I was talking to, my, to, to our, our investment policy team the other day in our office, and we were, we were just going back and just saying, you know, remember back, you know, under Clinton how we had investments, you know, and, and you know, we've managed money since, since the, the Reagan years, you know, and, and with each, each different administration and each different Federal Reserve 
um, uh, moves and stuff like that. We've had investments in different places from time to time. And this time around, it's no, it's no, no different. You know, you've got to understand where to put money and what's going to happen with the strength of the dollar, interest rates, taxes, just pretty much the whole nine yards. That's all going to fall into a lot of this stuff. So these are some of the things we'll be going over in the webinar that's coming up on January 28th. Again, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and check that out as well. You know, what, what, what does it mean when interest rates go up? You know, don't we want interest rates to be higher? You know, that's what a lot of people say. Well, guess what? When interest rates start to rise, that's due to inflation coming into the system, which erodes purchasing power. So we want interest rates to sort of be stable and level, okay? But at the same time, we do want to try to get interest rates a little bit higher, you know, maybe a targeted inflation at 2% or so, somewhere in that ballpark right there. Chris, is there a caller on the line, or what's going on here with the phone? Yeah, Larry, that's Sandra. Go ahead and grab her. Okay, I didn't. Because uh, you, were, you were giving us great information. Hello, Sandra. Good morning. Hi, welcome to, welcome to the show. How can I help you? So um, I've been taking notes. Um, my husband just recently retired December 31st, um, and we have he has several. He has a 457A from a previous um, job that he retired at. He retired from the federal government recently, and then, of course, he did go ahead and um, start his Social Security withdrawal. Um, he's almost 69. Um, our, I guess our main question is because we have these accounts in different venues, a 457, we have a 401K, we have an IRA from some money a few years back. Um, I have pension through my job. I'm not eligible to retire yet. Um, and we're kind of just trying to figure out how best to consolidate that, and then exactly what is a 457A? So a 450. So so we've got a couple questions in there. First of all, congratulations on his retirement. Okay. Yes. And and um, you can you can be eligible for the new T-shirt, which is twice the spouse, half the money. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's <laughs> uh, no, just a joke we always have, but oh, um, boy. <laughs> but it's wonderful, wonderful time in life, definitely. So so let me answer the 457 first, and then I'll go back into the longer question that, that you had, too, about consolidation and stuff. So a 457 plan is just a – it's just like a 401K type of a plan for a municipality. That's all it is. So you've heard okay. of 403B plans in school systems yes. for, and, in, and in nonprofits, 401K plans in, in, in other businesses – 457 plans, more municipality. That's all. That's all it is. Okay. okay. So okay. that money that's in the 457 plan and the old TSP plan and all that kind of stuff sort of rolls into your question of what about consolidation. Here's the deal. Money that's in old employers' plans, you can keep it there, not a problem. There, right. There's no problem with it at all. Sometimes your fees may go up, but let's pretend it doesn't happen, right? You can pull the money out and spend it. Your husband can go get a new job, and he can roll it all over and do a new employer's plan if they allow for that to happen. He's he listening, so don't make that suggestion. Okay. Nope. Stay retired, man. Stay retired, okay? And then you can you can also convert it all to Roth and pay a big tax bill, or you can roll it all over tax-free to your own IRA. And if you don't have an IRA, when you're doing the rollover, one will be instantly created for you. Pros and cons of all of this now. <clears throat> By leaving the money at your old employer's plan – you will most likely have very limited investment choices. Right. Most employers' plans don't bring the breadth of the market, okay? By putting the money in your own IRA, now you have, in most cases, 
the ability to invest in very similar, if not the same investments that's in your own employer's plan, but you also have the opportunity to bring many more choices of investments in the IRA. For example, in your old employer's plan, you may not have frontier markets, which is, you know, you look at international emerging markets like China and Asia, and then frontier markets, you know, Africa, right. Vietnam, things like that. Do you have those types of, of, of places there? Probably not. What about the ability to have like a hedged type of a fund where there's downside protection to it? Probably not. What about the ability to invest specifically in just like the financials or just the materials or the industrials, sector allocations like that. Probably don't have that as well. The ability to buy individual stocks. So from a diversification and asset allocation standpoint, you have a much greater uh, choice by putting it into your own IRA. And that's what most people end up doing. But those are the five or six things that you can do with the money. From a consolidation standpoint, when you take a look at money at, at multiple old employer plans, Sandra, yeah. a lot of times behind the scenes, they're invested in the same stuff. So by putting the money into your own IRA, you're going to enable yourself to get greater diversification because you're going to be able to see what's in, inside there a little bit better and have greater choices, just like I was okay. talking about. So a lot of it's determined on income distribution and asset allocation. You know, okay. one of the things inside employer plans, they have most of the time garden variety mutual funds that are designed, uh, that are not so much necessarily designed to give you high yielding, 4 or 5% dividends, things like that, that can help supplement retirement income. So most of the time after going through all of this, people end up rolling the money over to their own IRAs. Does that kind of help and make sense a little bit? Yeah, it does. And you said something he does have with his TSP. That was a Roth TSP. Oh, good. Um, so can that, the money that is in his 457, which is the biggest chunk, and we want to kind of pull that because he hasn't been at that job for, I don't know, ten year, eight, eight to nine years. And we want to kind of pull that away. So is it a better option to roll it into the IRA or to um, a Roth his Roth account? So, so what I would look at doing, okay, is is the TSP money has to come out into a Roth IRA. The 457 plan would come out into a traditional IRA, and then okay. I would take a look at at transferring all of it, or, or converting all of it, or portions of it to the Roth. If you convert a big, big chunk, whatever you convert, you know, if the, I don't know how much is in there, 300, 800,000. If you convert it all to a Roth IRA in one year. You're going to right. have to pay taxes on all of that. So what a okay. lot of people end up doing, I just did sort of a webinar uh, last month on Roth conversion, Sandra. What a lot of people end up doing are series of little conversions each year in order that you don't blow through all the tax brackets. Right. Okay. And, okay. and especially being over 65, you have Medicare issues. You, you've got IRMA tax. You know, if your income is too high, right. then We're you're going to have to pay. Yeah. Yep, you're going to have to pay more and more taxes. And that's another thing that we have to look at, too. So you've got the, the tax brackets. You've got IRMA with Medicare, which is, uh, you know, a big tax, a uh, big penalty hit. And then you've also got the 3.8% additional uh, um, um, Obamacare tax. Okay. So, so we, we have a spreadsheet that we allow people to, to fall through that, that will help you do the conversions. Donna, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Sandra, listen, I've got I've to run here. Let me put you on hold here, and I'll sure. pick you up as soon as we're done. I've got to close out the show. Let me just put you on hold here, and we'll get some more information to you. Just wait 30 okay. seconds. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, go check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our webinar that's coming out fe uh, January 28th. 
2 to 3 in the afternoon, 7 to 8 in the evening, two, two times. It's both Eastern times. There's no charge for the webinar. We're going to be breaking down the economy, taking a look at investment choices for you, show you how to build a financial plan. So for Chris in the back and, and Bob, or for Chris and Bob, wherever you all are at, I'm Larry Rosenthal. <laughs> Have a back. wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money.